everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Attack in the Championship podcast. My name is Tom Butterfield, and let me welcome our resident guest, certified data analyst, scout, and FA licensed coach, and intermediary, David Bromley. How are you doing, David? I'm well, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, you got the mouth around that mouth. <laughs> just about. <laughs> yeah, just about put my teeth back in. Um, just a quick question. Episode six we're on now. When did a number six become a defensive midfielder? Because for me, number four was always a defensive midfielder and five and six were the centre half. So I obviously I miss this because I know a friend of mine speaks about number sixes being defensive midfielders as well. So when did this start or has a six always been a defensive midfielder for you? I don't know when it started. I mean, unfortunately, well, I, can't, I suppose unfortunately, I go back to the days when Inside forward was a position, not just a way of like a style of play. You know, <laughs> yeah. playing in the half space, you had numbers eight and ten as inside forwards. Yeah. So, you know, I remember kind of way beyond whenever that number six <laughs> changed. I mean, number six was always one of the two centre halves, wasn't it? Yeah. It was five but, and five and six for me. Yeah. Two and three were fullbacks. Yeah. Four was a defensive midfielder. Uh, ten was in behind uh, the centre forward, number nine. And yeah. seven and eleven, we are we are wingers, but yeah. Hey, now you've got box to box as a number eight. Yeah, yeah a, that's it. Yeah, and then Brian if you've Robinson. got a double pivot, I don't know. Well, <laughs> what do you do then? I don't know. But but Jude Bellingham's what a twenty-two. So that's well, what, there there's you a, are. Bit of, a bit of all of them. <laughs> we can't. I don't know. You can't really make anything of the numbers now, particularly. They're kind of theoretical now, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I think so. But anyway, now I've taken us off on a, a little tangent. Um, <laughs> what have you got? Us, uh, what have you got for us today, David? Well, I thought we'd—I've been thinking about a question. We—we've been talking about the game changer scores, and I think we've mostly been talking about the team game changer scores. But we created this concept to refer to teams and to players, and to describe the extent to which they are making attacking contributions. So we focused a bit on the teams and I thought we'd have a look at the players' game-changer scores. Um, And we designed these. They're different. The way we calculate them is completely different um, because we created, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, but we created these um, three roles to categorise attacking players. So we took... If you want to go right back to the beginning, you might say, look, there's 600-odd players in the championship. More Around about half have got a sort of main um, inclination to attack, and the other half are mainly defensive. And I, do, and I do know before people shout me down that everybody's an attacker and everybody's a defender, and that's true. But, you know, you could look at maybe a half of them and say, well, look, they would be expected to make a significant attacking contribution. And if you took those half and you said, right, well, of those half, let's split those down. We've got 300 or 250 attacking players, but some of them are strikers, we've said. Some of them are chance creators and some of them are attacking support players. And each of those, and we like to sort of drill down and drill down and drill down on this Mm -hmm. pod, but each of those have got their primary responsibility. The strikers is to score goals. The chance creators is to create goal-scoring opportunities. And the attacking support players is to make a significant attacking contribution to the other two. And, of course, all of them would be expected to chip in with goals. And I don't like the the word assists much, but, you know, assists and and, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of where we are. And I was thinking about this and thinking, well, let's why don't we pull apart these three and say we'll focus today on strikers. And we have a particular way of evaluating the attacking contribution of a striker. And it's slightly different to the way we 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 assess a chance creator and, and a um attacking support player. So we'll look at the strikers, and I've got a question for you. So we've got a player in the championship, and that's all you know. And he's got a non-penalty goal per 90 return of 0.25. So he scores 
a goal every four games. Okay. And the question is, is that good? Ah, yeah. Okay. So I guess I guess it would depend, right? That's that's what we're gonna we're gonna come to. It depend on a few factors. So the question the question was player, right? Right. So I know I'm gonna kind of cheat a little bit and think we've mentioned we're gonna talk about strikers. So I'm gonna sh- I'm, I'll assume it's a striker. Um one in four it wouldn't put you in an in an elite category, but I guess it would depend on who you're playing for. Okay, well that's pretty much spot on, Tom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean you're right. The answer does depend. And look, yeah. this this is instinctive. Like nobody's gonna be listening to this and going, Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. You know, it's all kind of instinctive. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to come up with objective um, explanations rather than subjective. So we're trying to say, sure. well, okay, there's a lot of things we instinctively feel, some of which we think we know, and some of which we, you know, we it's certain we know. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to sort of t- take a look at these and really through the numbers, just sort of interrogate what our thinking. So we're looking at this question and saying, and as you say, we need more information. We can't really answer the question. Is one in four good? Well, some people would say, I'd be delighted with one in four from my season. And others would say, I'd be looking over my shoulder and wondering how long I've got left. <laughs> so, yeah, the questions are at least two questions. But the two main questions are, who do you play for as far as the championship's concerned? And what's your main role? And, yeah, I guess I gave it away. So we're looking at strikers. So if you're a striker, it does depend on who you play for. And because we all know, really, who you play for is going to have a major bearing on the number of opportunities you get to score. So irrespective of how good you are, you know, if you're playing for Southampton or Norwich or Leicester, you're going to get more opportunity than if you're playing for QPR or Rotherham or Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah. So what we've kind of done is we looked at some targets for different roles, striker, chance creator, attacking um, support player, and different levels of strength of team. And we haven't tried to be too clever with it, but we've split those up into three categories and said, if you're a team that would be expected to be challenging for promotion, then you would have a certain expectation goals-wise, if you were a team who expected to be struggling against relegation, you would have a a different one. And if you were a solid kind of mid-table, well, we're going to have a go and we've got to be careful, but then you're going to have another one. And I look over the last five years, actually, and the numbers are kind of quite convenient. The numbers come out, the team goals per 90 for the promotion contenders, the average number is 1.6 per 90. Okay. As far as the teams who struggled against relegation, the bottom six really over the last five seasons, their average number of goals per 90 is is around one. And then conveniently, the teams in the mid-table region have scored about 1.3 goals per 90. So you can get a pretty good feel for how many goals a team would be expected to score depending on, you know, how strong they were. So the same thing you look, reaching, the same sorry. people reaching for their ca- calculators there. I've reached for mine. Okay. <laughs> if yeah. you, just in case you're driving, we're not swerving across a few lanes. Yeah. So for a promotion team, 1.6 by 46 games, that's about it's 73, 74 goals, isn't it? Per yeah. per season. And then um the relegation ones, I can do that fairly easily. It's about 46. Well done. <laughs> and then paying attention. <laughs> Not not just a pretty face, you see, or or even a pretty face, but never mind. Um, and then for the mid-table looking to push to promotion, you're looking at 60 goals a season there. Yeah. I mean, these are averages and we do know, you know, we yeah. know yeah. you can score 100 goals. But generally, if you look at it over five seasons and you spread it out, that's more or less what you come out with. It's interesting, isn't it? Because from, from those numbers, you can sort of, well, you, you should really be looking to sort of set your team up in a certain way, shouldn't you? And say, well, you know, we know historically that we've got to go, you know, and attack 
in in this sort of way. We've got to try and at least be looking to get this many shots or this many chances. You know, we've, we've talked a little bit about the attacking funnel, haven't we? And it yeah. just shows that you you can't assume you're just going to nick every game one nil um, because it's probably not going to work out that way for you. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously there've been um, there've been teams that have bucked the trend. There have been teams that have done well with relatively few goals because they've been stingy at the other end. But, yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about this. The likelihood is that you're going to need to rack up that number of goals if your aspirations are to be, you know, in that sort of challenging pack. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Then if you look at the number of the – if you look at the spread of goals within a team – and, you know, I was kind of looking at this and looking at if you're a striker, what percentage of the overall number of goals that the team scores might you expect to score? And it comes out about 30 percent. That would give you that would be kind of on target for, you know, um, your job. And again, I know that different teams play in different styles and some play with outright strikers and some play with you know, more attacking midfielders. And, and that can sort of shift things around, obviously. But we're trying to get a, an objective handle on this. And we've got numbers of goals for chance creators and attacking support players, which and it's obviously a, a lower percentage. And you can look around and see where where things, how things have been spread in previous years. But the whole point of all this is it gives us a feel for perhaps what a target number of goals would be given a player's role and the team he's playing for. And I think that's an interesting thing to, to consider when we look at the progress of these players and the performances of these strikers. Um, and then what we're going to do is kind of dig into the, the game changer score a bit and see, well, how do you come up with it? Is it? It's not just goals, is it, when it isn't? So what I thought we'd do is we've got a leaderboard. So we've got our strikers. We love a leaderboard. They've got a... They've got. I don't know. Do you want to kind of have a look at? Um, yeah. Let's 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 do that. Let's pop let that just... up on up on screen. Right. And I'll um for those listening. Obviously, this isn't very useful for you to have in a leaderboard that we can see that you can't. But we will take a screen grab of this and put this in the notes uh, for the the episode, so you can have a look at this. Obviously, not when you're driving, but maybe at a later date. <laughs> not yeah. Well, we'll try and be. We'll try not to be too kind of focused on what you can see. We'll try and make it somewhat interesting. Yeah. We've got a list. We've got a, a, a leaderboard here. Forty-two strikers. The so first thing you might think is, well, why only forty-two? Well, they the they have to qualify to get on the list by playing enough minutes. And at the moment, the qualification is they must have played at least half of the available minutes to get on the list. Otherwise, you get weird stuff going on where a player's played a few minutes and scored a goal and he's sort of, you know, right up there. So this it keeps it sort of sensible. So we've got these 42 players and our game changer score has ranked them. And then what we'll do is we'll take a look inside that score and say, well, how did they get to that? Because there are different ways of getting a, a high score as a striker. And the thing I like about this is it kind of mirrors the way you look at things and the way that you might have a conversation in the pub about who's the best striker. The things that we're taking into account, hopefully, are the things that you would take into account. Mm -hmm. So what we could do, look, the top of the list, let's not let's not keep people in suspense. The top of the <laughs> list Drum roll. is Preston's Will Keane. Yeah. He's played 5.390s, so he's played a decent amount of football. He scored three non-penalty goals. And Preston, uh, because of their expectation, which is a concept we talked about a few episodes ago, at the beginning of the season, every team was given an expectation as to where they would finish in the league. And it's just taken from the bookies. And P Preston's expectation was 14th. So they would have been in this kind of mid-table pack. Yeah. So their target for a striker would have been 0.4 goals per 90. Okay. And Will Keane's delivered 0.57, so 50% more than, nearly 50% more than the, the target would have been. Mm -hmm. And 
the average for a striker in the league this year so far is 0.33, a goal every three games. Okay. So he's returned, you know, getting on for... Yeah, he's well above expectation, isn't he? Well above expectation for the league and for, or solidly above at least, you'd say, and for the team he's playing for. Um, There's three ways we're looking at this. So I think this, this would represent how most people would think about striking prowess. The first way is how prolific is the striker. The second way is how opportunistic is he? And the third way is how clinical is he? So we're taking the appropriate metrics to say, well, we can work out how prolific the striker is, how many goals is he actually scoring? And then we can use some different metrics to work out how many, how many, how much is he getting into the position to score goals? And then the fight finally we can use those a combination of those two to work out how clinical is he? You know, is he getting loads of opportunities? Um, but not scoring many, but because he's getting so many opportunities, he's scoring a few goals. Or is it the other way around? Is he is he snapping up everything that's coming his way, but it's not very much? And there'll be a combinations of those. Mm, that's interesting. Um, so we'll keep an eye on this um, as we move ahead. Yeah. So yeah. So Will Keane is is converting one point five times the number of chances he's getting. So. He's clinical and he's actually what you might call solidly prolific. Yeah. Um, so not a surprise, really, that he's he's up there. You mentioned, I think, something to me about his performance last year, didn't you? That's that's right. Yeah. So because he was I, I sort of went back and looked through his um, his career and it was, you know, pretty steady, I would say. Steady is is a word I'd probably use for it, um, you know, through his career. And then two seasons previous, he was at Wigan. They went into uh, League One and he scored, I think, 26 goals in 42 games or something, you know, a massive increase on mm-hmm. his usual uh, usual scoring rate. And then last season, he scored 10 or 12 goals in, in the league last year. I think it was 10 non-penalties. I don't know if he took any penalties. Gotcha. I yeah, think it was okay. 10 non-penalty so, goals. So you sort of look at that and you say, well, Wigan didn't score many goals last year. I don't know exactly how many they scored last season, but I, I would imagine where they finished in the league, they were closer to the one goal a game than they mm. were to the 1.6 goals a game that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, a, a return of, of double figures, may, maybe that's an okay... I think it comes out at 0.28. So it's a touch under... Okay. Our kind of expectation would have been about thirty percent of the goals that okay. would have been sorry would have been about zero point three. Yeah, so, so, it'd be interesting would, so to see, not much it'd be, different. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he sort of reverts back to the mean or his his mean. I suppose yeah. if he if he goes back towards point two eight and um and sort of sticks around that, maybe that's his his level. Um, this is the okay. thing, Tom, as well that we've we, we get we have said this a lot, but we're we've got nine games under our belt. Yeah. So this is volatile. This mm. we, when we keep when we come back to this, as we will do, we're going to see a lot of changes earlier in the season, and then obviously things start to settle down and the, the changes are fewer. But it's going to be a lot. Yeah, where where we were talking about Preston and how clinical they've been. Uh, when when they were top of the table, and we we both agreed that they can't, they don't have the players to keep being this clinical. You know, they weren't mm. this clinical last year, and it's mm. very unlikely they're going to be this clinical again. Yeah. Um, so you you've got Preston up there, but have you know haven't won in their last two, mm. and it's whether we'll see uh, Will Keane start to drop down the list as um as Preston's form changes or not, as the case may be, of course. Well, the thing about that, this, there's these three dimensions we're looking at the strikers: how prolific, how opportunistic, and how clinical. The the thing about the clinical dimension is it's the one that does refer to the mean, mm. because if you think about it, it's based on it's based on averages. So it's we're we're comparing the the number of goals he's scoring with yeah. the quality of the chances that he's getting, uh-huh. and players that 
out the routinely and consistently outscore that there aren't many of them no and and it doesn't happen very often because because for the very reason that that that, that the way it's calculated is there's a lot of robustness in the calculation so you get these hot streaks and barren streaks yeah but they tend you know you don't usually get you might get somebody outscoring their the expectation by a number like by three or four times over a short period but you never get that over a long period no. so he might looking at these three things he's been reasonably prolific there's no particular reason mm-hmm. why he couldn't still get the chances for himself you know if the team still keeps playing well um and they're delivering chances and he's he could he could still get himself a good number of goals but it's this conversion rate that's going to yeah. be difficult to keep up yeah absolutely. Um, but you know not to say it's impossible but it you know it's going to be tough all right, that's Will Keane. Let's move on a bit. Yeah. We got we won't touch on them all, but it'd be interesting to touch on a few. So second in line is Hull City's Aaron Connolly. Um, not a massive surprise, probably, you know. No. He's had a good start, five goals in five and a half equivalent, yeah. five and a half games, five and a half nineties. And his numbers really jump out, don't they? Yeah. As far as prolific and, and opportunistic, he's yeah, it's quite impressive. Nearly a goal a game. Yeah. You know? So uh, 0.91. Mm-hmm. Um, and so three times the league average and more than twice what he would expect as his team's expectation. Although yeah. I note the expectation of Hull City at 16th. Yeah, I wouldn't have had them that low. No. I would have, I would have thought they would have certainly be a solid top 10 from what I saw at the back end of last year. Well, it's historic because at the beginning of the season... Um, you know, it's hard. It was hard, really, to to be certain about. And there were a few teams that you could you felt you could be very sure about. Yeah, both sort of at the top and the bottom. But there were some, and I would put Hull and Birmingham, and probably I don't know a few, quite a few others where you think mm, I could see them having good seasons. They've done good business in the window, yeah. but they're relatively sort of they've changed things quickly mm-hmm. so you just didn't really know what you were going yeah, to get but it would bed in or not yeah um so you know yeah 16th means that um it's a, it's a bit low but there you are um but yeah as you say scored at a high rate opportunistic he's getting opportunities you know i mean some of these opportunities he's making for himself got to say you know so we don't we haven't broken that down and into how how many of these were created for him and how many did he create for himself? I'm not I don't think you could get the data for that really, but yeah. um a good number of opportunities, more nearly three quarters of a goal a game's worth. Yeah. No, so a good number. Absolutely. And then he's been clinical as well, scoring at 1.28 times the expectation. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's done well. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it shows that whole city are obviously attacking pretty well, aren't they? And creating lots of chances. Yeah. So this will be an interesting one, probably. Uboa Cardiff uh-huh. is in third. I wouldn't have thought that really. No. Cardiff's expectation expectation was twentieth at the oh, beginning okay. of the season. This is these aren't our numbers. These are numbers we've gathered from yeah. people who are supposed to know what they're talking about, <laughs> i.e. the people with the money on the line of bookies. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So don't, you know, don't shoot the messenger. But this is what <laughs> this is what was expected of Cardiff. Um, we know they've had a real hot streak recently. But mm. so th- their expectation was 0.3 goals a game. Yeah. For for this for a for their striker, not so one goal a game for the team. 0.3 for a striker of whom you know Ugbo's one. So you know he's he's running fairly well, half a goal, a goal every other game, which is solidly, you know, overnight over the course of well, he's played nearly six 90s, 5.9 90s. That's a good, decent return. Yeah. Um it's just kind of solid that really, isn't it? Whichever way you look at it, it he's been, he's been, he's got he's got himself into a good number of opportunities and he's he's converted not great is he 
Eighty mm. percent of the chances he's had is converted. Of of eighty percent to make this accurate, is converted at the rate of eighty percent of expectation. Right. So you know he would have expected to have got a few more goals out of, out of the chances that he's had. Yeah, he's maybe um, a goal or two down on on what yeah. you have, what you would have thought. Yeah. By the way, the. I'm using the actual raw numbers here to talk about because the way we create the um, game changer score is by using what I would call synthetic numbers, which are the raw numbers, like how many goals did he score? How many chances has he had? You know, what quality were the chances? And we modify them because we have to take into account things like, um, Again, their position and their and their team strength and so on. So yeah. what you come out with are numbers that actually don't exist, but they've been modified as they need to be. Otherwise, you're not comparing. Yeah. It's not apples to apples, is it? Yeah. So, so in fact, I thought, well, we can't be using sort of synthetic goals per game. Talking about and people will go, he hasn't scored at that rate. He hasn't scored four, <laughs> he and you're scored twenty-eight. Scored six. <laughs> yeah. So we had to use the real numbers, but. But the way they get onto the list is through slightly um, modified scores. So if anybody cares, it's you know that's why that, that's where that's where that is really. Um, so next on the list, number fourth on the list is Stoke City's very own Andre Midigal. Pull him up. So. That jumps out, doesn't it? The conversion rate. Yeah. 1.6. So you'd expect somebody who was doing their job would be one. Their conversion rate would be one. Yeah. You know, what you'd expect. So he's doing 60% better than you might expect, which has led to 0.85 goals per 90. He's only played 4.790. He's only just qualifies for this list. Yeah. It's only you know four and a half nineties would be the cutoff point mm. at the moment. So he's only just qualifies for the to get on the list. Um, so I suppose in a way that helps you a bit because it means that when you do score a goal, it's it's that much more. Sure, you know it, it counts that much more really statistically. So, but yeah, he's he's done well. Um, you know, he's got he's they've. He's got himself, or between him and the team, his teammates, he's managed to gather himself a, a, the equivalent of half a goal a game in chances, mm. and he's put them away at a higher rate than you'd expect, which is why yeah. he's he's got his four goals. That's pretty impressive, um, isn't it? Yeah, and he's he's come up on quite a few of our lists, isn't it? That we've been looking at. Yes, um, for teams who might be looking for a striker, he's always up he does. You're right. Yes, top area, isn't he? Which is yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So this might be a slight surprise. The next one, number five on the list, Delano Bergzor. Bloody hell, from Huntsfield. Now here's a case in point. He just about qualifies. He's four point six nineties. Yeah. So the first thing you might say is, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's a it's a relatively small sample size for this experiment or this analysis. Mm-hmm. But look at the rate at which he's converting his chances. That's you know, ridiculous. He's scored only scored two goals, but he's barely yeah. had any opportunities. He's had almost no opportunity there. Yeah. 0.07 per 90. And he scored at 0.43 goals per game, which means he's converted something like 660%. So, but look, it's two goals. This is the thing about statistics. If you're not particularly familiar with things like sample size and, you know, when you're dealing with a small number, any event takes on a massive significance. So, you know, a goal, when you're only talking about four and a half games or two goals, Mm -hmm. causes this kind of, of thing. So I don't expect him to still be up there after he's played Nine. If, he is, if he is, he won't be at Huddersfield come January. That's for sure. <laughs> well, this is well. You know, this is another interesting thing because we kind of shoot it down, and I, I suppose that it's kind. It's my inclination is to shoot these things down because I'm always worrying about sample size and 
statistical significance and robustness and things like that. But actually, sometimes somebody's just doing really well. You'd want to have a look at him, wouldn't you? You You might do, yeah. You'd certainly pull the clips up and go, well, but there were two goals, let's be honest. Uh You might pull the clips up and go, oh, look, one went off his arse and the other one was offside. (laughs) So. And and I'm I'm only half joking. I I don't know because I, I don't really yeah. remember the goals, but um, that can happen. That's not going to happen when you've scored seventeen goals. No, it might no, happen when right. you've scored two. But yeah. you know, respect to him. I, I hope it's not true. I, I'm not suggesting it is. Yeah. Well, it would certainly, if you know, these outliers. You know, yeah. Quite often, people say, "Well, if it's too good to, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is." Yeah, so, yeah, it probably is. But you'd still want to have a look, wouldn't you? Because you might want to have a look. It could be. Yeah. This is a person that come two years later, you're going. Oh, we 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 didn't think he was. Uh, we didn't yeah. think he'd be able to carry on this scoring. Well, that, that old cynic <laughs> like me would probably think that, and I I would deserve to miss out on him, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, we'll put a pin in Mister Berg's we'll Pin in him. Yeah. And uh, and we'll we'll come back to him. So we've got the next, it won't be a surprise, number six on the list, Casey McAteer at Leicester. So Leicester were expected to win the league. Yeah. So their their expectation for a striker would have been nearly a, nearly a goal every other game, 0.48 goals mm-hmm. per game. So because they, they would be looking to score at the rate of 1.6 per game or more, and I'd suspect that it's been more up to now. Interestingly, actually, if you look at this season, there have been more goals per 90 than any of the other seasons that we've looked at so far. Really? Yeah. And um, I'm not overly surprised at that now I think about it, but because there have been a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that will carry on, but there we are. But, yeah, McAteer, you know, what's he – he's been in the positions. He's he's a kind of – in a similar version to what we've already seen, but not quite such a high conversion rate, but still 60% more than you would have expected. Yeah. Um, And he scored four goals, so there's a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more substance in these numbers. Yeah. But, I mean, they're still small numbers, Tom, you know? Yes. No, absolutely. And and like you said before, it's like, you know, McAteer's played 4.790s. Um, you know, to have four goals in in that period of time, if he goes another two games without a goal, obviously it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? To yes, his, uh, to his numbers. But and you wouldn't expect him to continue at that rate, would you? But like, and no. like you say, if he does, then he's he's going to be going off somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. You'd expect so, or at least well, certainly be on people's radars. That's for sure. Yeah, but I think that I think this is the the thing, though, David, because. It's very much everyone knows that Casey McAtee is a good player and everyone's looking at him and saying, oh, you know, he's he's fantastic. But how many people would, if you said, right, give us the top six performing strikers at the moment, how many people would have Bergsorg in there? Mm. You know, probably zero, right? Mm. Because people would, would think they'd look at the goals scored and they'd say, well, there's some guys in there, you know, Ryan Hardy, he's got five, Godden's got five, Connolly's got five, then maybe we've got Will Keane and McAteer and, and people like that, Vidigal, yeah. they'd be in there. Because people will just look at goals, won't they? Yeah. And, and that will be their, is he is he scoring goals, is he not? And just looking at that as the only, uh, the only metric that they feel is important for a striker. Whereas, you know, we're breaking things down, you know, further here. And actually looking looking at, you know, taking into uh, consideration the expectation and saying, well, how many opportunities are they getting per game? Yeah. How often would you expect them with that team's expectations to get into? So, you know, sometimes you do just find a striker, like like you said previously, you've said about, you know, strikers going on hot streaks and then and then barren runs and that sort of thing. But on average, at the end of the season, you'll you'll have their numbers, won't you? And yeah. and if if a striker in a good team is not getting opportunities, then there's something wrong in their game somewhere, isn't it? You know, if they're getting opportunities and not putting away, that can happen sometimes, can't it, for, yeah. for strikers? It just doesn't, you know, goalkeepers make good saves, defenders make good blocks. 
Yeah. But um, but over over time, you know, you want to see those numbers, you know, getting into good positions, uh, putting the chances away and coming out with that nice clinical number. But mm. um, but yeah, we're, we're looking to see if there's someone who's flying under the radar. Like yeah, and, and it will be... become, sorry, yeah, and it, and it will become more of a genuine issue mm. the, the more games that are played, won't it? Because yeah, absolutely. as you say, we're, we're, you can hijack this list mm-hmm. by not playing much and, you know, getting a couple of goals and, you know, that can, you can find yourself on it, but you yeah. won't be able to hijack a list when you've played 20 odd games or 30 no. games. That's right. No, the you know, you're lucky to have done something genuinely good to get on that list. So Absolutely. you know, it'll be it'll be more, if you like, of a realistic descri- describer of what's going on mm. as we go through. But yeah, this is the first opportunity. Really, it's been worth looking at it. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's if really only just to sort like of visit, if only just to visit some of these um, anomalies that crop, that crop up. Yeah. So. Who's the seventh in the list? Naki Wells at Bristol City. He's only scored two goals. But again, it's like you're looking at it and thinking, well, it's in line with yeah. his his expectation would be. I mean, Bristol City were expected to be 19th. Mm. And I don't, I don't know that that's going to turn out to be accurate. But yeah. um, that plays into this because his expectation is not very high because of, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, when we create the actual scores, by the way, we use the actual numbers that the team are creating rather than sp- the sort of speculative numbers of yeah. where did people think they'd end up. We're using the actual attacking output of the team. What have they normalised? Part of that, partly that to normalise the numbers. So, you know, there's a little bit more, hopefully, sort of intelligence gone into it than than it, than it might appear. Always impresses me that you've actually put all this stuff together, David. Well, <laughs> I that way stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah, so um, we're trying to we're trying to see whether you know you can make sense of we we know about the argument about well you know you've got to be careful and you do have to be careful if you just look at, at figures, don't you? At data, in the same way as you've got to be careful if you rely on your eyes. Exactly. No, because sure they don't pick of... everything up either. So no, no, there'd be plenty of scouts who've turned down players who've turned out to be fantastic, and the other way round. And yeah, same thing. You look at the numbers and you say, "This, this, we need to get this guy because the numbers." And of course, they're not what you think. No, or you miss out on a Bergsorg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. No, no one wants to miss out on a Bergsorg. That's for sure. No. <laughs> a couple, a couple in eighth and ninth that are. Sort of underpinned by the number of goals. I think you mentioned mm. um, Ryan Hardy at Plymouth. Yeah, scored five goals, so that no one's going to be very surprised to see him up there. And he scored them at a rate slightly above, or reasonable, reasonably um, significantly above, sort of expectation too. So. Mm. Yeah, good solid performance by him. Good solid yeah. performance by his team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Who, you know, I wasn't sure where they would. You know, again, the bookies I think had him at eighteenth. It's difficult, isn't it? With with the I teams knew. coming up from League One, it's it's like we we said in um in our one of our first episodes, we talked about the expectation, you know, and how much does squad value, you know, come into it? How much do the finances come into it? And when you've got uh, this season, especially, wasn't it with Leicester, Southampton, and Leeds? Um, you know, I don't know what the figures would have been at the end of the transfer window, but such a huge percentage of squad value for the whole championship was into just those three teams. Was it near fifty percent or something? Oh, it was a huge number, wasn't it? it was massive, I, I think we it? only looked at the comparison between the bottom three and the top three, didn't we? Yeah, I think we there did. was something like four. Was it something like? 14 times as much money. It was, it was something it was like some that. Some ludicrous amount of yeah, money. I think I think it was. I, th- I think the yeah, I think league the League One squads was around about the sort of four or five million mark. And then you had um the coming down from the Premier League was just ridiculous. Yeah, just I think we had 50 million for the bottom three all added together. 
That's right. Yeah, it was it's something was, like seven hundred million for the yeah, top. That's right. Yeah, I, Which I know it was probably there, that might have been before they they sort of sold off a, a bit of it. Sure, you yeah. had some movement, but even so, yeah, enormous. It's still a huge difference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Ryan Hardy does well there. I mean, he's you know, yeah. he's played that's eight games, he scored five non-penalty goals. That's you know, it's a great return, isn't it? Mm. And then. Um, the next one on the list, number nine on the list, is Matt God at Coventry. Yeah. Who Very you know, were expected. Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Similar. Nine games. I mean, he's yeah. played all, all the games, but virtually all the minutes, I think. Um, 1.35 times his expectation. Real solid numbers, these. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be dropping away so easily. No, I, I, I think he would be, you'd almost expect him to get in that 22 to 25, 26 goal sort of area, wouldn't you? Could be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, it's early days, but yeah, it's early days. Hmm. Um, some of these will come come on, on here because of the low expectation of their team. Yeah. So as we say, we took into account. So the next one, for example, is case in point. Jordan Hugill right. at number 10. Now, Rotherham have been expected to finish bottom. And to be honest, their attacking output has been very, very skinny. Yeah. So when you look at the fact that, okay, he's only scored two goals um, at, a, at a rate of point, nearly 0.3 per 90, but it's from a it's from opportunities at not even 0.1 per 90. So he's he's yeah. He's been clinical. Again, keep on saying, you know, the the disclaimer is it's still it's a small sample size, but yeah. um, you know, he's he's delivered so far a high proportion of what he's been offered, which has been yeah. very little, which gets him up the list. And and I think, you know, although I look at it sometimes and think, well, you know, some of these players are keeping others lower down than they should be. But if you're looking at if you're in recruitment, hmm. you mentioned it earlier, you'd want to be – everybody knows. If you look at the list of the players that have scored all the goals, well, everybody knows about them. There aren't going to be any gems there. There aren't going to be any sort of, you know, opportunity there, really, unless you've got deep pockets. And yeah. So you might be wanting to look in some of these areas. I see. Um, it's it's getting those um, it's getting those advantages, isn't it? Is seeing things that maybe you know, isn't as clear to everyone else. Yeah. As you know, looking for those performance metrics. Like if if you're a Leicester City, for example, and and someone came in and said, right, we want to buy Casey McAteer from you for twenty eight million or or something. You know, just putting mm. a number out the sky. I have no idea what his valuation would be. Mm. And then you look through and you say, well. Let's look for someone who perhaps isn't high on the radar, isn't isn't in the top three goal scorers. But looking at these numbers, we can see that he's you know he's he's relatively prolific, but mm. he's extremely opportunistic. Mm. And he's very clinical. Mm. So let's look for someone. If we were to give them the same number of chances at Leicester City as they did at I don't know like a Cardiff City, for example, mm. would that then translate? And of course, there's lots of other things to untangle there looking at playing style and role and all that sort of thing but mm. you know it could at least give you a place to start your scouting wouldn't it yeah you know what this sounds sort of counterintuitive um but another area that i think is always worth looking at is the cold streaks you know mm -hmm. players that are where you look at it and say you know almost the opposite of what you might expect where a player's gone through a spell where he he's he's had chances and he hasn't he hasn't converted them because yeah. if if we're right in what we're saying about this reversion to the mean and it does it is the case then when you you don't want to be buying players in a hot street because you're just going to be paying fortunes for them and you'll just be buying them at the point at which they're about to turn back round again yeah you know and so we see this in financial speculation and all sorts of other areas that you don't buy at the top of the market. Mm. Buy when you can see something in a player 
but his numbers don't necessarily reflect the thing that you think you can see. And it's a bit more of a gamble. But, you know, if you're buying a player who hasn't scored, you know, he can't seem to get anywhere near his XG and he's having chances created and so on. Obviously, you don't want to be buying somebody you think's poor, mm. but there are reasons for that. And sometimes it's natural variance. Yeah. You know, and it, it very often is. But that's a whole other issue, really, I suppose. No, that's good. No, it's, it's, um, I think that's the thing. There's, that's the top 10. And I think... The, the the look we the look today's look at this list is a very different look than it will be going forward because hmm. i said at the beginning that this is volatile data yeah um, and you've got players sort of pretty low down on this list like rutter at leeds mm-hmm. on the list of 40 and yeah. um, Jamie vardy even and liam delap players that i fully expect to see sort of up the top up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because for one reason or another, the, the, the combination of what they've done hasn't brought about a higher score. Yeah. But um, I I expect to see, as I said earlier, some players, you know, will have a lot of work to do to maintain where they are. And other Absolutely. players will, will you know, their, their, their fortunes will turn around. Out of um, interest, what what are Jamie Vardy's numbers there? He's down at twenty eight there, isn't he, on the list? Yeah, um, Jamie Vardy is well. He's played four point eight nineties, so not all that many. I mean, good conversion rate there, yeah. nearly eighty percent more. I mean, he hasn't had many chances no. to score. He's had a one in four. Yeah. No, he's had chances, the equivalent of a strike rate of one in four, but he's actually got a strike rate of nearly, well, what, one in two and a half. Yeah. So he's... What's what's the, um, just out of interest, uh, what's the opportunistic rate for for McAteer again? Um. It is okay. So it's quite a lot higher than Vardy. Yeah, it's double, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well over double. Well, he scored twice as many goals. So you know, Vardy scored two. He scored four. Mm. Um, Can't remember whether that will. Well, I can't remember what Vardy's was. What was his? I think his was point two three. I think. Right. Yes, it was. yeah. Yeah. So, you sort of think um, if that settles back in the middle somewhere, yeah. Now, if that gets back towards sort of point four or or, or something like that for Vardy and for McAteer, yeah, they probably see the the rate of goals scored by each sort of even out a bit as well, I suppose, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. And I think I'd back someone like Vardy with his pedigree. You know, you know he's a he's a good goal scorer. You would do, yeah. That and that's you know scoring at one clinical. But one point eight two—that's pretty, yeah, pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, but from a low number of of opportunities, yeah. really, which so, you know, to some degree has he has to take responsibility for, yeah, a bit. yeah. Uh, but you know, obviously, and again, and I'm getting bored with saying the same thing, but it's it's a few games he's played just about enough four and a half, nearly five games just worth. To, minutes, sort of limp so, into the list, isn't he? Yeah, we're talking about you know. When we look at the chance creators, we're using different measurement measures for those. Mm. So there'll be bigger numbers coming along. See, this is all dominated by goals, really. And we know goals are, are you know, infrequent events, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, they, they that skews numbers when you're do- dealing with just a small number of games. When you, when you start looking at chance creators and attacking support players, we're looking at other things that are more abundant. So you're going to get bigger numbers. So you're going to get a little bit more confidence in the numbers mm-hmm. at an earlier stage, I think, when you look at those. Yeah, but, I um, think you're right. Yeah. That's really interesting, though, David. Really, really good to see and really good to see some of these players who are certainly not names that would be on everyone's uh, 
you know, lips. Yeah. They were asked about the, you know, top 10 strikers in the championship, you know, up to, up to now anyway. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's nice to see some of them. I don't know how long we'll keep seeing them for, but I mean, yeah. looking at some numbers, I'm looking at some names in there. I'm, I can't tell you exactly at the moment why is Nathan Broadhead only number 20, even though he's scored four goals. I don't yeah. know the answer because I haven't unraveled all the, you know, all the algorithm, but we we could do that. But um, uh, I think you know we'll see these things changing. Mm. Uh, but part part of the reason why some of these players are, are are lower down is not because of what they've done; it's because of what some of the others have done that they won't be able to maintain. That's why I took out a lot of players who hadn't played enough minutes because you were looking at things thinking hang on a minute, how can this player be number 74? Well, that's because you've got a whole load of players up the top who've only played one game or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. it's not that it's they've done anything numbers, bad. It? It's, it's that some of these are, you know, if you like, hijacking the list a bit. Yeah. And I think there is a bit of that in there still. But No, I, th- I think that's good. I think this is good to have that. It's more re- reliable, isn't it? Yeah. Reliable if you take that, take that into consideration. Fantastic. So that's the strikers, anyway. Nice. No, that's, so that's really good. No, that's really good. But um, like I said before, I'll I'll get hold of the the still frames of of, of each of the players that we've gone through, and I'll I'll pop those onto the uh, onto the show notes there, so that people can have a little look at them and, and just have a look at the numbers. Uh, but if you do have any questions about the numbers or about the analysis in any way, if there's anything you're not sure about or anything that's going over your head, just Send us a send us a review on Apple Podcasts or something. Just put your question in there. That's probably the easiest way to get hold of us at the moment, and then we'll um, we'll make sure that we run through it in an episode for you. But uh, anything else you want to run through, David? Um, I think that sort of wraps up where I yeah where I am with this. I think that's a good place to stop with the strikers. Well, that's great. So um, thank you for all your hard work there, David. Great work. That's good. Always. Very interesting. And thank you for listening, everybody. And we look forward to hearing from you in the next episode of Attacking the Championship. See you soon. Bye-bye.